So he said, you know, he was rolling stones in the parking lot and it bounced and hit an old lady. And that's, that's the exact words. Okay. So, um, all right. And then he said it happened nine years ago. And so I was like, dude, you are only five years old. There's no way. And it's like, then it was two years ago. And finally I said, Simon, did it happen yesterday? And he's like, yeah, it happened yesterday. Welcome back to Adventure Parenting with Grace. I am Lori Donahue, and this is the Gospel Parenting Podcast, where we will walk with you through the joys of parenting and the most painful challenges so you can rise with courage, practical strategies, and hope to parent with purpose. So today, Michael Kilpatrick is returning to finish his last week's interview. If you haven't listened to that, pause and go back and listen to podcast number 22 to learn more about Michael and to hear his thoughts. Then come back and listen to this podcast. The Adventure Parenting with Grace podcast welcomes different perspectives within the biblical realm. Today, Michael shares some perspectives that may be new to you. We'd like to give you food for thought and a variety of opinions to help you formulate your thoughts. So let's listen to Michael as he shares about honesty and transparency and ancient cultures that can relieve us from unnecessary pressures and lots more. If you want to talk more about this, be sure to see the show notes for our Zoom discussions. Let's jump on into the podcast. So we kind of talked about this a little bit, developing character. Did you have anything more to say about developing Christ-likeness, maybe? I think, you know, this always comes back to that kindness aspect. And, you know, we obviously are very intentional about making sure that they're they're very honest. That, to me, is a huge thing. We're very sensitive to that in our business. Both of our businesses, we have to have huge trust in in people. We have a high regards for trust and we want to make sure that people that work for us, we can trust them implicitly so that with our kids too. And again, they, they struggle with that sometimes. I think one aspect of that can be that kids, if they feel like they're going to get in trouble for something, they don't want to confess that they did something. Mm-hmm. So we want to kind of cultivate that aspect of complete transparency with them, that they are free to tell us anything. And then, you know, what happens after that? You're sometimes like, mm. mm-hmm. uh, but I think the the one fact that they admit to it or they confess to it, they realize it was wrong. And I guess, why do we punish? I think that's another aspect of why do we do what we do with that? And so thinking through that and really wondering what's the purpose behind that? A lot of the purpose is you want them to go back in the straight and narrow, but if they already know what they did was wrong, why do you try to enforce it a lot more seriously? Seriously. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that's just, that's just a, I don't know, that's just a point we try to think through, not that we mm-hmm. always nail it, but yeah, I mean, I think the biggest thing for us is we just want them to understand what they did was wrong. And then if it's a repeated something that comes up, then we have to start to addressing it at a different level. But I think the start is to just try to make them understand where true North is. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's excellent. So last month, I had seen something on social media that you had posted, and I really, really liked it. And would you be willing to share? Do you know what I'm talking about? It was about honesty. Would you be willing to share that? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it it happened actually a Sunday morning. I was making breakfast for the kids. My wife was out of town. So I had the two older kids to myself, but my five-year-old said he needed to tell me something. And he was, I could tell his voice was a little, he was a little bit troubled by it. So then he went on to confess that, you know, he had been rolling stones in the parking lot, which he knows is what we've told him not to do because of the various aspects of that. We have, we live at our business. We have basically a parking lot that's next to our house and that's for our retail location. So, I mean, those cars in and out all the time. I mean, we keep talking about building a fence to make sure they stay back. And I think by the time when Kate's toddling next year, which will be 
definite. We will have to do a fence to keep them contained. But I mean, they kind of roam freely around, which again, what we want, we want free range kids. But um, again, that happens that they can interact with customers with, with or without us sometimes. So he said, you know, he was rolling stones in the parking lot and it bounced and hit an old lady. And that's, that's the exact words. Okay. So, um, all right. And then he said it happened nine years ago. And so I was like, dude, you are only five years old. There's no way. And it's like, then it was two years ago. And finally I said, Simon, did it happen yesterday? And he's like, yeah, it happened yesterday. So obviously it was like, there's people in and out here all the time. It's not like we can go back and track down who it was. I mean, obviously he confessed it. He knew that he shouldn't have been doing it. He knew it was a thing. So we sat down and just kind of had a conversation about, you know, a couple of things I wanted to bring up is A, thank you for telling me that's the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. But B, this is why we don't roll stones. We just don't do that. I know it's fun, but we don't do that. Mm-hmm. And then C, I, I, what you need to do in the th- situation is go immediately apologize mm-hmm. to somebody. If that happens, if you hurt someone, you want to immediately apologize. And then come and tell your parents because you should always just tell your parents when that kind of stuff happens. But you know, I think the purpose of that is like I didn't like go punish him. He didn't like get things taken away or anything like that. But it was just the fact that he confessed it to me was enough that we had a new understanding going forward. We did a post on social media because I just don't want our uh, more mature clientele to think like they can't come shop here because kids are going to throw stones at them. (laughs) Um, And if, if she did come back. I want, I would want him to do it an apology. And I think he would be very, he would do that because I think that is important. But I, I think, you know, we have a very public business. I mean, people are on our property about 50% of our lives. Wow. Um, Cause we're open six days a week and we're open, you know, the number of hours we're open. So, I mean, like right now there's people out there. So we did have talked about that. My wife and I, how, you know, we are very public. We wouldn't like at some point to maybe have a, a, a house away from the business. So we do have privacy for the kids. But we do want to make sure that the kids do feel that freedom has come to us. We do want to make sure there's transparency there. And we do want to know that we have to give them grace is that they're five. To them, throwing stones is literally the funnest thing that can ever happen in the parking lot because there's the, an endless supply of little pebbles that will bounce. Yeah. But there also is a time and a place for that. And so we do go down to the river once in a while. And so maybe that's one thing we need to focus on is mm. a little more adventures to the river so we can have a good place to throw stones. Because again, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, that's good. That was such a good story. I really appreciated it. And I appreciated how you handled it a lot. You have frustrations as a parent, I'm assuming, because we all do. How do you handle your frustrations? And then how do you handle your kids' frustrations? Yeah, that's a great one. And I would say, you know, obviously this is evolving. Again, we grew up where, you know, if kids are crying, you just leave them and let them cry it out till they learn. Mm -hmm. Well... One of the things I try to be is very open to outside opinions. My beliefs over the last decade probably have changed a lot. And Mm -hmm. it is because I feel like in one aspect, we are in the best time to be alive because technology and science and psychology and all these things are changing so rapidly. It's an incredibly dangerous time because the access to just pure evil is only a screen away. But I mean, one of the things I think that's impacted me really recently is an interview was on the Joe Rogan podcast, but you can find uh, his book out there. It's Dr. I think Gabor Mate. So it's G-A-B-O-R-M-A-T-E. 
it really hit me because, you know, again, my wife and I disagreed about this. And again, I had to let my wife go with it because she's the mom. But the fact that, you know, if kids cry, you know, pick them up, put them in the bed, that sort of thing. And I was always like, well, can't you just teach them to stay in their crib? I'm a huge proponent for ancient cultures. I started down that road when I started to look at the the food cultures. You look at the Weston A. Price and the history that the work he did of just going into, he said, well, you know, let's go look at these cultures that had great human specimens. Because when you have great human specimens, that means they had great diets. And so what did those diets do to these people? So that got me really onto the thing of like, let's go back and look at how these cultures handle different things. Because yes, they may have not been 100% what we would think as a completely civilized culture, but they were able to last thousands of years. And we're only in, in our current day, we're pretty, I would say, not sensitive or not intuitive about what's happening in our environment. And so what he talks about is these old cultures is where in some of these cultures, kids don't even touch the ground for two years. Wow. Um, they're always being held. I mean, it's you talk about, it does take a village. I think we as a community, humans are created to be in like groups of 200. Um, and that's kind of, if you look at a lot of these old ancient tribes and stuff like that. So the aspect of, you know, having uncles and aunts and grandparents around, I think is so important. I mean, that's why we moved to Ohio to be near my wife's family so that we would have that support network. So one of the, the reasons we're able to do what we do is because I have in-laws that are like 15 minutes, 10 minutes away and the kids are able to go over there and they've created a paradise. They've created, you know, they've got chickens and pigs and a pond they can fish at and, uh, mm. you know, swing sets and, and bikes and that kind of stuff. So we have that support network. And I'd say that is something that's so important. Obviously, you know, the business we had in New York was very successful. I took a hit kind of professionally because I left that area. Mm. But I think the fact that we do have that support network for our kids and um, are able to, you know, have the time with them is very different. Um, so that's, you know, worth it. So going back to that, I'm co-parenting obviously with my wife. So we have to have conversations about that. We don't agree all the time, but that aspect of just trying to understand, it takes a lot of reading and I'm trying to understand. And I think a lot of what we've been taught, and if you can start back and look at the history of a lot of this stuff too, you know, the reason that women lay on their back for birth was because of a, some king in Europe didn't want his uh, wanted the only reason he would show up at the birth was if his his wives were reclining because he didn't want. I'm just like, are you serious? <laughs> and now we have literally millions of women who are struggling with birth because of this. And my, my mom's my mother in law is a, a home birth midwife, so I kind of get that fed to me pretty strongly. So I have strong feelings about that as well. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yes, yes. But I, I again that kind of bleeds over with just not taking the official narrative on anything. Yeah. Right. And so I think, you know, it comes back looking at the, the original question was the frustrations. Mm -hmm. We do have frustrations. Mm -hmm. I think it's important to really try to understand the question behind the question or the thought mm. behind the belief or the reasoning behind that and get to the root and then try to make a decision off of that. And again, we have, you know, there's billions of people in the world. We have billions of different ideas and discussions and how people do things. And the reason some people do things is completely right for their context where we do things differently. So I think there's going to always be differences. Mm -hmm. I would just say, you know, looking at that and I'm just trying to understand that history. And I would recommend any dad, because I think as his dads tend to always be a little bit more like firm, we got to be the man about things. Mm -hmm. But I think the true man admits he's wrong and oh. is willing to not win all the time. I think that sometimes you think that, you know, you have to win with your kids and mm -hmm. no, it's, it's a, it's a war, not a battle. And so, okay, mm -hmm. you're going to win some, you're going to lose some, but the goal is that you keep that open line of communication with them and keep their heart. Cause if you lose their heart, 
And again, that can happen pretty soon in their lives. You lost them as a teenager. Mm -hmm. You get these kids. I mean, there was this story maybe a month ago about these three kids that were looting in Florida during the hurricane, got in a Maserati, took it down a road, flipped it. Two of them died. One of them is now going to be in jail for a very long time. Parents hardly knew they didn't even know they were gone from the house. Wow. And so, you know, obviously like people are like, well, look at those horrible kids. And I'm like, look at those parents who lost their kids' hearts to the point that the kids were just gone mm -hmm. and they didn't have any control over them. Mm -hmm. And so that to me is where the real tragedy is, is when we thinking that, you know, okay, I've just got to, you know, they've got to listen to me. They've got to do their homework. Well, mm -hmm. why don't they want to do their homework? Maybe mm -hmm. it, they don't understand it. They don't have the support. Maybe they, they just need some time with you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Kids mirror emotions. And when we look, when we, you know, we have frustrations and stuff, they're going to be frustrated. I mean, my wife are, you know, arguing about something, the kids get really, you know, they start to go bonkers. Right. And I think that's a, a real good check is to look at why are my kids acting this way? Well, how am I acting? Oh, that's such a good point. I just love that. That is my passion as well. It's the kindness of the Lord that draws us to repentance. It's not the tough God. It's the kindness. Mm -hmm. so. Now, what about communication? Communication needs to start early. And do you, how do you make that happen? You're busy guy. Yeah. I mean, some of the stuff like, um, my wife actually does try to teach a few sign language with the kids because kids can actually pick up sign language before they can talk. Mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. so we do a little bit of that. Um, we're also very clear to talk to kids like they're adults. Okay. Like, I mean, we don't baby talk to back to kids. We're, you know, we are, we'll have fun with them. We'll try to mirror them a little bit, but we have full conversations with the one and a half year old. We talk right. about how they sleep. And again, they're probably not, like I would say, they're not understanding everything, but they're understanding the English language. I mean, our seven-year-old, if you go to our farm Facebook page, she does tours of the farm and of the bus weekly, pretty much. And that's one of the things I want to instill in them is the comfortableness of being in front of a camera, in front of talking to people, talking to adults. And people say they love the aspect that they have, the, kid, the vocabulary that the kids have. I mean, the number of words Simon as a five-year-old puts out is just mind-blowing sometimes. You're like, where'd you learn that word? <laughs> um, and again, they're not, not bad words. They're just like words that you wouldn't expect them to use. Right. Yeah. So uh, my wife's an English major. We read a lot of books, so I have pretty large vocabulary. But we do try to make sure that we use that with them so they understand. And we're talking about, so they say, dad, what does this word mean? Well, mm -hmm. I try to think, how can I explain this word to them that they understand it? And then I try using some sentences you know, maybe say, well, why don't you try it? But, you know, it's that aspect of also because I'm able to work from home and they're able to be with me a lot more that we do have that more time for things. So mm -hmm. I do think that sometimes that's challenging. If you have a 40, 50 hour work week, plus a commute that you may not be able to have that time. And mm -hmm. I would say, you know, you only have a very short of time with the kids mm -hmm. having well-adjusted thoughtful kids is way more important than any corporate ladder you're climbing. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And Absolutely. again, I, my dad was, was a beautiful example of this is he, again, very smart guy, very academic. He could have taught at, you know, some pretty prestigious universities. He actually did some teaching, but he chose to be a part-time physician. And I remember the day that he came home from working full-time to part-time. He made a sign. I was, mm -hmm. gosh, I was maybe seven. And then he moved us to upstate New York so we could be out of the city. We could have land. Mm -hmm. um, and again, worked part-time again that he could think. So it took a massive cut in pay and benefits and just prestige mm -hmm. so that he could spend more time with us. And mm -hmm. again, he was able to do that because of his profession and how he made it work. But mm -hmm. we also, I mean, on the other side, there were seven of his kids. So there was a lot of, mm -hmm. there was the times we went without because of that decision he had made. 
-hmm. but I do think that, you know, that was, that's always been a huge, something that, that really always struck me about the, what the work he did to make sure that he could spend time with us. Mm -hmm. And you gained something more valuable than maybe yeah. things that you went without. Yeah. Growing up, we never went to Disney. We, I mean, we take a, sometimes one week vacation to Maine or something, rent a house. Mm -hmm. So yeah, we went without that, but I would say having his time and, and all that was way more important than ever going to Disney. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. My husband did the same thing. He's a doctor and he left uh, private practice to go work for another HMO in order to be able to spend more time and not have to be on call every, every fourth night. Yeah. And it made a big difference because he was able to make the kids piano recitals and soccer games. And yeah, I've experienced the same thing. It was great. I think the other thing too, if we're frustrated with them, you know, this is something I try to do for myself is that we always just give a break. So if they're, their kids are frustrated with each other, or they're frustrated with us. We never want to be yelling at them. We always just try to take some time mm -hmm. and come back when we can feel like we have our emotions under control because they will drive the, you nuts mm -hmm. sometimes, but <laughs> you also got to realize they, have, they do have very short attention spans. Mm -hmm. uh, one of the rules we have told them is like, if daddy is talking to somebody else, you need to come up and put your arm on our arm. That's kind of like the signal that I want to say something or I need to say something. So instead of interrupting, mm -hmm. and that's just not a, I can put my arm on you and then start talking. It's a, okay, I've acknowledged you. We'll finish the thought and then let you say something. So I think that's another thing that we really focus on um, to try to let them feel like they can be heard, even though they might be talking. Right. So good. That is excellent. That's really good. Okay. We're kind of winding down a little bit. Do you have any specific tips that you haven't mentioned for dads on their parenting journey? We've got dads out there listening, hopefully. And Yeah. I would say pick projects that you can do with your kids. And it's not like, okay, I'm going to make this beautiful piece of furniture. It's like, can we pound some nails and boards together? I mean, little boys love that. Um, mm -hmm. Yes, they're going to probably hit their, their fingers with a hammer or something. But the fact that they are doing something with you, just spend that time with them. I think, you know, we tend to, you know, just get so caught up. I mean, one of the things I've really lately, I just interviewed for our podcast, Dave Munson, who has Saddleback Leather. Um, and the most important thing I got out of the interview with him was he found that he was addicted to his phone. And so he ended up losing his phone uh, while he was surfing. Um, again, why you have your phone while you're surfing is another uh, thing, but he lost it, switched to a light phone and just completely realized how his life changed. And so since then I've been like, put time limits on my phone and just realized just how much I spend on it. So mm -hmm. what I mean, like we have a rule, no phones at dinner. Again, one aspect, I want to expand that to no phones after, you know, six o'clock or five o'clock. I'm not sure if I want to go <laughs> again. It's, I should go there. I'm, I'm having a hard time getting myself there, but <laughs> I think that aspect of just every day, look at how long you spend on your phone. I think you'll be amazed. And it's hours yes. and you don't realize it. It just goes by so fast. I know, um, I know. So that, that would be like the number one thing I would say is just lock it away, put it away, leave your work, leave if you're at the office, leave your work so that you can spend time with them. Because again, they grow up so fast. Mm -hmm. It goes by too quick. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's such good advice. So what words of encouragement can you give to a dad that's out there maybe really frustrated and really feeling like they're not doing a good job? 
and frustrated. Do you have any words of encouragement for them? Yeah, a couple of things. One of the things a lot of people say about our kids, and again, this is probably going to be a little bit controversial, but whatever. I mean, my wife is is great at this. She's a, a label reader. She's obviously, we're very holistic. I mean, we have an organic farm for Pete's sake. So we're mm-hmm. kind of a little obsessed about that sort of thing, but mm-hmm. we're very careful about what our kids eat. So like they're not getting any colors. They're not getting a lot of sugar. They are not let's put it this way, not as vaccinated as the world would like them to be. And I absolutely think that makes a massive difference. When you peek behind the curtain, you realize just how messed up it is. And a lot of people struggle. I mean, they say, oh, my kids won't pay attention. They have no concentration. Or I mean, my kid has autism. And and we just say, well, talk to me. When did that start happening? Or you know, when does that happen? Well, when they eat this. Well, yes, because that has this. Or you know, that those symptoms started after X. I mean, again, if you if you don't have kids yet, if you see these parents who literally realize now the next 40 to 50 years of their life is stuck with a kid with maybe severe mental challenges, mm-hmm. and it came from came from an injury of some sort, a vaccine injury. Um, and so that's what I would just say is do your research on that kind of stuff. Look at that. It will affect your life and it can be incredibly frustrating. Mm-hmm. Um, the food thing, it's pretty easy to clear up. Give them you know, a couple of weeks on a clean diet and a lot of these, these crazy stuff can go away. I mean, the whole aspect of hyperactivity can come down really to a lot of what you're mirroring. They're mirroring from you mm-hmm. and what you're feeding them. Mm-hmm. I mean, we highly recommend homeschooling. I just think it's such a superior system and they're actually going to learn compared to just be babysat. Mm-hmm. Um, again, these aren't like necessarily like parenting, but they're just more life things that we found to be super effective. And again, our kids are, they walked earlier, they start talking earlier. Mm-hmm. And again, it's one of these things when they don't have this junk in their brains, this junk in their bodies, a lot of these things are, they're irritants, but they're also cause inflammation. Mm-hmm. And inflammation doesn't just happen in your joints and stuff. It can happen in your brain. It can happen in your whole body. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of these things, clearing that up allows their bodies just to grow better and faster. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I wouldn't say we're necessarily like both of our backgrounds have, you know, disease and diabetes. And so again, we're not like perfect stock of any sort, <laughs> but because we're willing to make these changes. And again, another thing that my wife does is the kids get adjusted once a week at a chiropractor. Mm. Um, so like our kids are born typically and, and then like, we'll get them adjusted within 24 hours. And wow. that makes a wow. huge difference mm. in typically they're going to adjust it and they'll have like a, a giant bowel movement and they'll start nursing better. So again, these are some of the holistic things that I just highly encourage folks to do. Mm. You may think it's a bunch of malarkey on one aspect I did, cause I didn't, I grew up in a very conventionally minded family cause my dad was a conventional doctor, but because again, that aspect of always trying to learn, I'm willing to say, well, let me listen to a few talks on this or tell me about this and let me hear how that worked for you. And I've kind of, again, I've made like a little bit of a shift there to a lot more of a holistic aspect of things. That's my little plug. Um, it's made a huge difference in our family. And when a lot of people, you know, just see how they struggle and we're like, well, thankfully we don't struggle. And I think one of the big reasons is we're willing to make those sacrifices and changes with our family. Yeah. We eat whole food plant-based in recent years after my husband's cancer. Mm. And so we did that as a sort of as a cancer protocol and it made us feel so much better. It's, It's very, very grateful for that. Do you have any final words? that you would like to share? See, I can talk to this talk and I, you've had me on, but my wife is the one who really makes her the kids. Yeah. Uh, she's the one that spends a lot of time. I mean, I have, obviously have the the very busy corporate jobs and all of that, 
but she's the one who's running the home, making sure the kids get the, the schooling done, taking them to piano lessons and and that sort of thing. And yeah, she's, again, the, the kind of the match behind the curtain, I would say. Mm-hmm. And uh, maybe we them. should have her on one of these days. You probably should. Yes, okay. she definitely should. <laughs> um, yeah, I can provide my point of view on things, uh-huh. but she definitely is, uh, is kind of, yeah, a huge reason the kids are the way they are. Mm-hmm. And I just try to assist. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. So Michael, thank you so much. You have been just a real bright light this morning and you have shared so much and I am grateful for you for taking the time to be with us. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. That concludes our podcast series with Michael Kilpatrick. And I am sure you probably have a lot of questions or thoughts. And so if you are interested in hopping on Zoom and chatting about some of it, I encourage you to sign up for our Zoom chats. So check out the show notes for things that are offered there. And remember to rest in the Lord this week. Mm -hmm.